Well, I believe in the soul, the theme, the story, the 80s franchise sequel, the 90-minute comedy, practical effects, Mad Max. I believe the Lethal Weapon movies have major diminishing returns. I believe the social network deserve best picture. I believe a movie podcast is the perfect time to go on a political rant. I believe in Nicolas Cage, long documentaries, it's pronounced biopic and not biopic. And I believe every Muppet movie should have at least one Oscar-nominated actor as a co-star. Good night. So much. So much. So much. So much. So much. So much. So I've sort of come to a revelation on my previously held stance on sports movies. Yes. I think that uh, baseball is actually a good sport to make a movie about. How? Why do you think that? It's because they have a lot of time to just. Yes. Do nothing because chat. Because like in real life, you can check in on baseball like once every three innings, mm-hmm. and that's the whole game. And it's yeah. all based on like one moment. Sure. You don't have to mon. You can montage it, and it doesn't matter. Because that's how people actually watch baseball. They don't pay attention to every pitch because baseball is boring. It just, yeah, it's a sport that you could follow in the newspaper pretty well. Yes, and that's why it's good as a movie, because you don't want to make one movie entirely about one game. I think it's probably why you would like that is because it's probably not about anybody's athletic feats yes so much as it is about the people yeah and it's, and it's and all just, just the fact pacing that and... they have a team but it's such a large team yeah that you're not gonna like have everybody in the story and the tropes of baseball are good if that makes sense it's just like you like know like that it's like one-on-one like the batter versus the pitcher and it's very dramatic i was thinking more like how all the coaches just chew tobacco and sure and they, yeah and they all have to wear the uniform of <laughs> the, all big fat old guys have the, to wear the uniforms the, that's baseball is also <laughs> great because all the managers have to wear the uniform there is a lot of comedy in the little things about baseball like yeah that. that's just funny. that it's a carryover of like a hundred year old sport yes major league and, and, and it's like a weird combo of it being a bunch of like 22 year old dickheads yeah in this very uptight fraternity type sport yeah yeah it's there's just nothing it's like inherently it. absurd and it's not inherently physical and i mean it is obviously because you got to be good at hitting got yeah, it throwing yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that, but that's more precision and mm-hmm. less it's a skill yeah more than there an are actual... less feats of outright athleticism you know, you got to sprint to catch the ball or whatever. Yeah, 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 But that's not the same as constantly running in basketball. It's or much more skill based than like, like being a lineman in football. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and and so you have all these moments that the parts where they're not playing are actually more interesting than when they're playing. They spend a lot of time in the dugout or in the clubhouse. Yes, or on the pitcher's mound, like arguing. Yeah. And so the way that I came to this conclusion is yeah. that we watched Bull Durham. We watched Bull Durham. Holy cow! What a movie! I hadn't. Ne- we never. Neither of us had seen it. Nope. We decided to watch it on a lark. I actually. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was at uh, a bar with one of my friends, uh-huh. and this was playing on the TV. Oh. And I turned and I was like, "What movie is that?" Mm-hmm. My friend, huge baseball fan, mm-hmm. huge Cubs fan. Mm. He's from just. Uh, he's from southern Wisconsin, and so mm-hmm. he actually likes the Cubs more than the Brewers sure. somehow. Yep. He actually went to the World Series in 2016 and saw them. Nice. And actually proposed to his now wife. Wow. At, at, at the, one of the Cubs games. Wow. During that. So, big deal. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it probably cares. So, of course, movie. he knew immediately, oh, buddy, this is Bull Durham. Yeah. You got to see it. And so, I I was like, oh, what is it good? 
And, I, and then I saw Susan Sarandon, and I was like, oh, I love Susan Sarandon. Mm-hmm. I knew it was Kevin Costner, and I had ambivalent feelings about him Yeah, just from watching everything else. You heard Waterworld. Yeah. yeah. But, and then I saw Tim Robbins was in it, too. And mm-hmm. I, that's, I mean, that's a good trio of people. Mm-hmm. And so then that's what made me think, like, I should, we should watch Bull Durham sometime. Yeah. Well, and I, I've been familiar with Bull Durham forever because sports people love it. Yeah. Um. I they think I, I saw it was on like the, I think Sports Illustrated or something. It had it was like their number one sports movie makes ever. Perfect sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense if you haven't seen it. Yeah, but it well, makes perfect sense if you have seen it. I mean, it does make sense. And I have a theory as to why. I'll yeah, let you yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going, no, but, but I, I think we're on the same thing, which is that it makes a lot of sense that they would like it that much. Yes, and I don't think it's that good. Oh, <laughs> like I think it represents the love of sports better than literally any other movie. Uh, sure, I don't know. Because I mean, it's, yeah. Because it's about the philosophy of sport and not about winning. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's which why I think it's I feel like it's a good way to say what the movie is about, yes. which is that, arguably, this is a movie about a sports groupie. Yeah. The movie opens with Susan Sarandon's character. So, like... Talking about how she's going to get laid so by one of the minor league yeah. baseball players. So, it's not really even a movie about sports. It's a movie about loving sports. Yes, exactly. And basically being obsessed with sports. Which is why, like, a Sports Illustrated or whatever would Most pick of that. Them, because they're all people who just love... They're not athletes. Right. Sports journalists are not athletes. They're all people who wish they were athletes. It's a sports movie for non-sports people. Yeah. Or in, for non-athletes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just that they've structured their lives around being obsessed with a thing that they wish they were good at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it succeeds yeah. entirely. It does succeed on that level, yeah. yeah. But I think that's also what makes it weird to me, which we can get to that later. Yeah, okay, yeah. But you can go through the plot a little bit. Yeah, so the plot of the movie is Susan Sarandon's this woman who is really into baseball it's kind of her religion she says yes she is a big fan of this minor league team in durham north carolina the the durham bulls yep um and she has this policy where she will only sleep with one of the players each season yep and, and she for the whole season it, she picks it kind of at the beginning of the season yeah. she starts going to games and starts introducing herself so it doesn't get to be a big mess you know yep. and she goes to all the games and she is very good at giving them baseball advice be, and she does say that whoever she ends up sleeping with almost uniformly will have a great season yeah and she kind of i think she's into the guys but she also does it as like her way to help the team yes uh, Absolutely. Odd. It's so, super odd. Okay, so, just, just roll with this on this yeah. one. It's very odd. So the other main part of the plot is Tim Robbins is this young, hotshot player, new guy on the team. He can throw almost 100 mile per hour fast. He throws ball. incredibly fast, but incredibly wild, and he's very immature. Yep. And so the team hires Kevin Costner's character, who's this old catcher who's been in the minor leagues forever, yep. to join the team and to basically kind of be this guy's coach yeah to but honest, just to kind of to lead, mentor him to mentor him yeah because uh, you know pitchers and catchers they obviously have a very tight relationship as far as baseball goes yep um and and he's almost like weirdly old for being still a minor league player yes um and i actually read that that's kind of where the script came from is the guy who wrote and directed the movie yeah was a minor league player himself oh, and when cool. he got to be like 25 yeah and he was realizing he was probably never going to make major league yep he kind of just figured he should quit. Oh wow! Because he didn't want to be that guy. Oh cool! So that's a, it's a little bit about like who he was worried about becoming. Yeah, totally. So Kevin Costner is this older guy, mm-hmm. and so part of his subplot is that he's going for the 
He's very close to getting the minor league home run record. Yes. Which is a little bit of an infamous record because it kind of implies that you've been hanging around the minor leagues for a long time yep. and you never managed to make the majors. And the only person that, that notices this is mm-hmm. Susan Sarandon's character. So there's kind of this love triangle between Susan Sarandon and those other two characters. And she actually sets it up to where they are directly competing with each other right mm-hmm. off the bat. And Kevin Costner's just not having it. Yep, he's like, I've been around the block too much. I know, I, I, he says, I don't try out. Yeah. And so he just leaves her house yeah. and gives this amazing speech about all the things he believes in. <laughs> yeah. He says, I don't believe in trying out. And she says, what do you believe in? And he goes off yeah, all the stuff that thing. he believes, which is sort of meant to uh, show her how attractive he is to her a little bit. How I he, thought that was very weird. It is, but it makes perfect sense because throughout the rest of the, she is a like a, a professor, right? She teaches something uh, like that. She teaches at like a local college. She's and like she big in the literature. Literature, and so you find out that he is a. It, it's sort of the difference between experience and inexperience. It's a super adult movie because mm-hmm. a lot of it's about how. Tim Robbins is inexperienced in life. He's mm-hmm. inexperienced in love. He's inexperienced yeah. in all this other stuff. And so she is like teaching him like the first night they spend together, she just ties him up and reads poetry to him. Yeah. She ties him up and he thinks it's going to be like in a sex thing. Yeah. And it ends up just being that she wants to read him poetry right. and like civilize him, and, I guess. And, well, no, because part of it is that, uh, and she mentions later that, that it's about anticipation. Oh, sure. And so, yeah. um, so it's implied that you know, she gets this, and Tim Robbins' character does not get this, and Kevin Costner's character absolutely gets it. Yeah, because he's an experienced old guy. Yeah, and so, and there's another scene where, I'm just jumping ahead a little bit, yeah, but I also want to kind of yeah. go on this point, how she wears, like, garters, mm-hmm. and Tim Robbins has no idea what to do with them, and then later on, once, uh, spoiler, uh, Susan Sarandon and Kevin Costner actually get together. Mm-hmm. He unhooks her garter with one hand, and she's like, "Oh my!" Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like shorthand for experience. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, and so, yeah. and part of his speech that he gives is mm-hmm. this whole thing about how he believes in all this stuff, and some of it some is of it's like baseball. overtly sexual. Well, some, some of it's it baseball, baseball, some of it's sexual. Yeah. And so it's you know it right away establishes that like he he he's just he has all these other aspects of his life figured out. That aren't baseball. Yeah, that aren't baseball. Yeah. He, he knows what he believes. He just never quite got there. Do you? Okay, I got to quick interject. Oh, absolutely. Do you think people who really love that movie, yeah. this movie, yep. do you think they genuinely enjoy that scene? Or do you think they enjoy it in like a knowing, corny kind of way? Because I read it as being corny. I, that made it hard for me to take the movie seriously for a lot of things like that. I think it's... Here's the trick. It's iconic. And I guess it's a 30-year-old movie. Yeah. It is, it's iconic. I mean, like, that is the speech. Like, that's the... You gotta imagine this... When did this come out? 88? Yeah. You gotta Literally, imagine 88... This movie is the same age as me. That was... Oh, yeah. Wow, weird. Yeah. That's, that was more of a revolutionary thing. You know what I mean? Like, like that's like a outright statement of purpose for this character. I know it's not revolutionary, but I mean, yeah. it's, it's like... That's an interesting screenplay thing that no one else had done you know what well I mean? and i think it's a thing that people hadn't done in sports movies right. and i think people who are like big sports fans yeah. in that way like people who are gonna like take be very earnest about sports movies yeah don't watch a lot of other movies right <laughs> i but think they have fairly narrow tastes this also is kind of also why this movie is so perfect i think sure is that it's a statement of belief 
Literally, he's saying what he believes. And this whole movie is about belief. Like, these are all people who believe in the power of baseball. And not only do they believe in the... in While well, baseball, like, transforms all their lives in these interesting ways. Mm-hmm. But within that, there's all this sort of belief within baseball itself of the players, the guy who has a cursed bat, and he's blessing it with... Yeah, sure. Or... You know the guy who gets married at a game. Yeah, totally. Or Tim Robbins is. Oh, that's actually a good point. I want to get to that guy in a sec. Yeah. Uh, but Tim Robbins, when he's on a low streak, when he's you know really going crazy, uh-huh. she makes him wear that garter under his uniform, and he's like, it feels really weird. Um, but it helps him like concentrate on not himself, sure. on something else. Yeah. And and but he believes that he has to keep doing that, and eventually he believes that since they've been he's been not having sex with her while he's on his hot streak that he can has to continue not having sex with her always on the hot streak which leads her to like get really frustrated with this thing that she's set up sure like the belief has gone too far at this point because it interferes with her actual like what she believes about the game and i think that is actually more of a counterpoint to all of the other stuff oh really in that I think what you're saying is that the point that the movie's trying to make yeah. is baseball having a positive influence on everybody's lives. Sure. And I feel like with the him getting on a hot streak and refusing to have sex with her and like having it ruin her life is kind of more of like a him taking it too literally, sure. which Kevin Costner actually convinces him of very disingenuously. Yeah, just because he doesn't want him yeah, to sleep Yeah, to kind of get anymore. too literal about the meanings of what baseball does for your life right. or whatever, to like to make it just about the baseball yeah. and not about it, it improving baseball and trying to improve your life. Well, we're literally talking about the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law, which is yeah. ultimately this whole movie is actually about religion and belief. I mean, sure. Framed in the in the yeah. guise of baseball, like that's all it is. It's, well, yeah, it's she does go on that rant at the beginning about it being literally her religion. Yeah, exactly, and that that's the movie supports that. That's it's almost not a sports yeah. movie other than the fact that there's all the sports in it. The themes aren't yeah. about you know. Well, I mean, I think it is about baseball, in the sense that I think they're saying that baseball it has the positive influence. Just that it is extolling the virtues of baseball. Yeah. In the way that... Are, I think it's using the religion thing as a comparison. I, I think do, it is literally about baseball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy who wrote the movie was a baseball player. Right, but I think it's all... I mean, I I just do think that, like, you could have done that about a different sport. Sure. And it would have been the same. Okay, yeah, because, I agree. Because, like, so it's not really about... It really, I think... It's about we, taking something very seriously. Yeah. And... Having it as being almost like a, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a ritualistic kind of thing right. as a way of improving yourself and improving, and therefore improving your life. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think... Which um, is religion. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. <laughs> and like, uh, so I I got to kind of go to the yeah, next... That, that makes me think of the next thing. Yeah, Which was the part about that this could be another kind of sport. Sure. So I think all those parts of the movie... We're probably the parts of the movie that I didn't care about as much. The religion stuff? Kind the of the deeper stuff? meanings of it. Oh. Or like, even like their relationships with each other, like their romantic relationships. Sure. Um, what is or movie, even then? just Susan Sarandon's stuff personally. Oh. You know? So you just um, wanted it to be about an old guy in baseball. No, I actually kind of just liked all the baseball jokes. Oh, okay. Like all the like, which I think is part of why people really like the movie so much. Yeah. Is because... It has a perfect so blend there's of all a lot of things. there's a lot of baseball jokes 
for lack of a better term. So like yeah. the thing where they flood the field, right? Um, oh, so they don't that's a to... thing that really happened. Oh, cool. So fun fact, uh, that really happened. They all went and it was going to be the last game of the season. Okay. People from both teams were hanging out and decided to turn on all the sprinklers at night and flood the field so they couldn't play. Nice. The owner of the team rented a helicopter to fly super low and dry out the field <laughs> and so they could still play anyway. Wow. It's just kind of funny. That or like good. the thing of like them all gathering um, at the mound yeah. And like having these really inane conversations. Oh, that's while one of the best jokes of the whole thing. Huge crowd waiting for them. Where the they go up and they're talking about stuff that's basically distracting the pitcher, right? Yeah. I mean and and so one of the things they talk about is this uh the sort of the the, the daughter of the owner mm-hmm. is marrying the one of the players. One of the players who actually is the only player to not sleep with her. He's the only player who immediately doesn't agree to sleep with yeah, her. Yeah, because because he he's religious. He's religious, and so uh, so they end up are they're getting married and they're trying to figure out what <laughs> what to get them. What to, yeah, and it's like a side question. Do you like not hit the main question, basically? Which is that they're concerned about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But uh, they're yeah. they're like, what are we gonna get him for the? For his wedding. And this is all on the mound. Yeah. And the, the manager comes out. And he's like, what are we talking about, guys? Well, so-and-so, you know, this question. He's got this problem. This he's question. got this problem. And then, uh, also, we're not sure what to get them for a gift. And and what does he say? Something. The like, manager says, basically, well, I mean, candlesticks are always good yeah, for a wedding sure. present. Which, apparently, he improvised. Yes. I was just going to say that. That's so brilliant. Like, that yeah. he just, like, took that one around I think little things like that, or even, like, the things about all their weird superstitions. Yeah. Um, the the guy who believes in like voodoo is it voodoo? Yeah, there's a guy or yeah the voodoo guy. And he likes puts sage on the yeah on his bat or whatever. Um, or like the rituals that all they all come up with like the guy you know he stops having sex the whole time yep. he's on a hot streak or like the there's an insult, wearing the same underwear and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's an insult at the beginning of the movie which is apparently taken from a real major league baseball manager uh, saying to someone. I heard if you fell off a boat, you couldn't hit water, which is a great burn. <laughs> like I think so. For me, I liked a lot of that stuff. Okay, and I you think like the, the, the minutia of baseball, not just that, just that it's funny. Of baseball life, I think that they managed to find the funniest stuff. Yeah, of being on a minor league baseball team because sure. that is kind of an inherently funny it's, life. Yeah, it's like work. It's like real work. It's like a weird combo of a job, but you're just dicking around a lot. Yeah, and like everybody kind of doesn't want to be there yep. because they're all trying to get to the next level. Yeah, and it's just a lot they, of wasting and they, time. And they talk about that. That's yeah. actually a minor part. Well, obviously, a major part in that Tim Robbins' character is trying to get to the major leagues. That's yeah. that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get him to be good Kevin, enough. Kevin Costner to be the major is league. trying to teach him. How to get there. Yes. And not just actually playing, you know, how do you deal with the media yep. and all that kind of yep, stuff. Yep, exactly. And Kevin Costner made it to, what does he call it, like the big one? They call it the show. The show, that's it. Yep. He made it to the show for two whole weeks. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that stuff is interesting too. The And it's like mythological. It's like mythical. Yeah. Like, like he talks about it like, this was the greatest two weeks of my entire life. Which I'm sure the baseball writers all love. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I think the parts that I thought were interesting about What is that, it? Like they... they that you don't have to do your own laundry. They yeah. do it for you. <laughs> you don't have to carry your own bags. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did like the parts of him trying to teach Tim Robbins like the like Life the thing lessons. about the like the thing about the baseball terminology that you say to journalists that's all very it's the same like ten phrases over and over. Yeah, we came to play and all that. Yeah, type of like that nonsense. I thought was really funny. That was good. Stuff like that. Um the all that stuff I liked. Yep. 
the stuff of like I think the thing to me that kind of that kind of singularly holds the stuff that I didn't like about the movie. Yeah. So, spoiler alert for a movie as old as I am. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fine. Uh, Tim Robbins' character makes the majors, mm-hmm. so they fire Kevin Costner. Yep. And since Tim Robbins left the team, that means that Susan Sarandon feels free to sleep with whoever she wants again. Right. So, her and Kevin Costner have an incredibly long sex scene in a, t- in a time where the movie feels like it should be over yes. to me. Yep. I felt like... There is actually... And it actually is like more than one scene. Yeah. It and I think it's almost within, like a montage. I think within the movie, it's meant to be like two weeks, like oh, within yeah. the script. Yep. So for me, I felt like Tim Robbins learning all this stuff, Kevin Costner getting mad, mm-hmm. getting in a big fight, them having them like kind of making up and talking about it, and Kevin Costner being able to talk about his feelings about not having really made it to the big leagues, right. And trying to deal with his jealousy. That to me felt like the end of the movie. And then yeah. they have this whole like. The, which is the real end of the movie for somebody who would have cared more about the grander themes of the movie. Yes. Him and Susan Sarandon getting back together or getting together. And then him finishing out this minor league home run record. Yep. And like taking on a minor league coaching job and Susan Sarandon kind of deciding to stick with him. Yes. Um, that was the stuff I didn't care about. Gotcha. So it felt like a added here's, on ending. Here's a question that I for you. Care. If that were there wouldn't have been an enormous sex montage. If that we would might have, have helped. If we would have just gotten one thing of like they got together, obviously. Yeah, if it was just that he went back to her house and was right. like, I think I'm gonna Well you and know. and you know, they could have like a really small like cut to black thing. Even if they had just had that he went straight from that to trying to finish the minor league record. Sure. And then him coming back and kind of it being that they together, like he I because I feel like that was part of it too. Um, she was trying to convince him that the minor league record was something he should go after, yeah. the home run record. Yep. And I think if he had just kind of done it on his own, mm-hmm. and then, like they like then they gathered the two of them. Yeah, I think it would have more shown that he kind of had started to see things her way a little bit. Sure, sure. and it would have seemed more like, like they were kind of on that they were on equal ground. I think. Yeah, more. I get what you're saying. Um, but I think. That that being said, I think the the long sex scene thing made it seem like a big wish fulfillment. It's real. Thing. It's real eighties. But I yeah. will say that there is one that also fits, I think, a little bit in the theme of the movie. In mm-hmm. that it's meant to once again contrast, you know, Tim Robbins versus mm-hmm. Kevin Costner's characters. In that Tim Robbins just wanted whatever he could get now. Yeah, and Kevin Costner was willing to wait. You know what I mean? Ultimately, it was much better because sure. of it. Sure. And that's the whole him. You know the you know, I believe a kiss that lasts three yeah. days. That whole nonsense. <laughs> yeah. But like his whole thing and her, and her thing too of being like it's about the anticipation. Sure. So part of that is like really showing that like these themes that they both believed in in that, you know, she believes in it. It is about the anticipation. He believes that, you know, you put in the work and that it actually they. But that kind of fits better with him going and getting the record first too. Not necessarily. I mean, does he have to get it first? You know what I mean? Like, like his whole thing was it fulfills that aspect of them personally. Does that make sense? She's she says she's giving up like sleeping with with players every year. Yeah, and he, you know, and he didn't want to be. He didn't want to compete for the thing, and so he didn't have to compete anymore. And she didn't have to like keep sleeping with. I agree with you in the sense that that's why it would make sense that they made the sex scene so long and gratuitous. Sure. 
Yeah. You know I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like as I think far that is as why. the order of the ending yeah. or whether or not it even need to be there. But let me yeah. also argue in the in the sense of like I'm gonna bring up a weird screenplay to compare this to sure. Robocop. <laughs> wow, okay, go for it. So uh the way that Robocop works the, Ro- the Robocop... Are you talking about the ordering thing? Yes. Yeah. The Robocop script is set up, you know, where the first thing is also the last thing. Sure. These things, it's sandwiched in a way. And I think this is sandwiched in the same way because obviously we're introduced to Susan Strander right away. Yeah. But the first thing, aspect we're introduced to with Kevin Costner is that, you know, he's this washed up guy and he doesn't really have anything to focus on. Mm-hmm. And so we get that first and then we get the relationship thing second. With Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon versus him and all that. Yeah. And I like that they close out that first as like, all right, he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Now he doesn't have to worry about that. What's his final thing? And it's the the home run thing. I would agree that the montage thing is too much. It's yeah. too long of a sex scene. I completely <laughs> agree. Yeah. Because it's like, it happens, and then it happens like again, like in Just, a very awkward way. Yeah. When they push all the stuff off the table and it's break bizarre. everything. But... <laughs> Uh, that being said, I think it's okay that they, because the movie can't just end with the love scene because it's not just about the love scene. It's about the baseball. That's true. And so the love is like second. If they really need to hit the idea that Kevin Costner's character is better at sex than Tim Robbins, then I guess that's where it would need to go. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, that's, and that's part of the movie. For better, I guess is a heavy theme of the movie. It is. It's a big part of it. So, but ultimately (laughs) it is about Kevin Costner's relationship with baseball first and foremost. Yeah. And, and and hers too, because her whole thing is that, you know, we t- talk about how baseball is her religion and all that. Yeah. And now she has to make a decision based on like, all right, if I'm not sleeping with these guys anymore, am I going to follow a baseball manager and like, you know, be that's sure. her new relationship to baseball in the yeah. same way that Kevin Costner has to figure out his new relationship to baseball. Now that you say that, that does, I think, clear it up for me a little bit. Oh, good. Okay. Which is just that like, as far as the sex content of the movie goes. Yeah. Susan Strandon having to pick between them and it becoming a love triangle, right? That seems important, obviously, to yeah. the plot of the movie. Yep. The earlier scene of her tying up Tim Robbins and then reading to him, yeah. that's funny. It is. Uh, all the stuff where she's trying to get Tim Robbins to sleep with her, that's funny. Yes. And then when it gets to that, they have like this whole big sex thing at yeah. the end. Yep. And I was like... Was that like a big concern of a lot of people's that they were just like, ah, I really hope these people make it sexually. Yeah, like I hope yeah. I hope this pans out for all of them. Well, I think sexually. That like is that. supposed to tell you how non-serious versus a real se- and it's just relationships too. Like yeah. this is a fling versus an actual thing. Like what's the difference? Like yeah. one of them is funny and one of yeah. them is not. Yeah. I just think like it is the, really goofy. I mean, for I it to be it. taken seriously in any capacity, I'm like, oh, really? We were feeling serious about that. <laughs> like, I just thought it was like a gag. You also have to take this at the time it was made. Yeah, it probably and it probably I'm probably getting thrown off by the fact that people considered Kevin Costner to be a sex symbol. It's weird, right? Which I've never understood. Everyone's dad. Can we talk about Kevin Costner? Yeah, let's talk He's about Kevin Costner. Very dad-like, always. Which you're right. Yeah, this movie for me helped me actually. I think frame water world oh really in that so in this script his character was very curmudgeonly yep and it worked perfectly kevin costner did a great job yeah at that mm-hmm. water world it made no sense for that character be to, to be curmudgeonly yeah because it it's a fantasy movie in which he's the hero yes well and to be fair he's not a washed up old man in that movie half of it was set up to be him to be like a swashbuckler yeah. And then when directors changed, it was the other way. 
Yeah. So that makes sense too. But yes, you're right. Absolutely. And I think he probably had an outsized say in what his character ended up being like yes. because the screenwriter was his friend. Right. And the direct and he basically was co-director. Yep. Um oh, I do and I think he was very much responding to what he thought people liked from him. Yes. And that people really liked Bull Durham and he was this crotchety old guy. Yep. Totally. And so I just think it probably pushed him in that direction. I also think that his sex symbol thing was just that he just plays off confidence very well. Yeah. And, you know, women like a man who knows what he wants. Sure. That's a big thing. Yeah. Well, and in this movie, he literally says... Yeah, he gives the speech. <laughs> it can't be clear. He tells rants. you exactly what he believes. Yep, yep. He's very straightforward. Yes. <laughs> that works, I guess. Yeah. Another funny thing is that uh, after this movie... Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins got together. Yeah, for a number of years, yeah. like a long they're like time, married. right? Married. Yeah. Um, are they're not still married? They're not they? still married. Okay. No, but they were. Did and you see the thing? Also about- weird because Susan Sarandon was forty and Tim Robbins was like twenty nine or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Did you see the thing about the Baseball Hall of Fame? No. So in two thousand three, okay, they were going to have a fifteenth anniversary showing of the movie at the baseball hall of fame cool and the person who ran the baseball hall of fame at the time was a guy who used to be in the ronald reagan administration oh no and he basically shut it down because he didn't like that tim robbins and susan sarandon were politically active against the iraq war wow <laughs> so they didn't do it <laughs> that's incredible and it makes yeah. perfect sense because they are very political They're super political and apparently kevin costner defended them because he's a big libertarian so he oh. also didn't like the war. So and that explains a lot about Kevin yeah, Costner right? too. Yeah, kind of. That does. explains a lot about all three of those. It kind of does people in yeah. real life a yeah. little bit. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Anyway, weird. Weird aside. Um, That's a perfect aside. That's what this another kind of a fun. I was obviously looking stuff up about this movie. Yeah, it's good it. because I did not. The guy who wrote and directed it also wrote and directed White Men Can't Jump. Never seen that. I haven't either, but I want to see it. Because it seemed like an interesting concept. It's just these two guys who play basketball. And they hustle, right? They're hustlers, yeah. Which is White men can't jump, and so, of course... That's the whole bit, is that they basically act like Woody Harrelson sucks because he's white. Yeah. So they hustle people. And it turns out that he's good at bounce passes. Yeah. I don't know what he's good at. I just... <laughs> come on, I'm just assuming. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's legit good at basketball. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Weird. Anyway. Yeah. Is this guy single-handedly going to like make me like sports movies more than I do? Maybe. I don't know. He also wrote Blue Chips, which sucked. It has Shaq in it, though, huh. which is cool. I think that was the first time Shaq acted. I don't have any interest in seeing Blue Chips. Makes sense. But I do it's have about, interest it's in about seeing college, It's about jump. college basketball recruiting, which is interesting because Shaq very openly said later in life that uh, the recruiting of him to LSU was very corrupt. Wow, fun. <laughs> yeah. Sports uh, are weird, man. They're very weird. I don't care, obviously, but these yeah. are the type of things that actually make me care. It turns out that if you just make a movie about something else yeah. and have sports in it, I'll like it. Just the sports are just incidental. Like how I don't like horror movies, but I love Alien because it's a sci-fi movie that is a horror. It's scary. Yeah, it's a horror movie as well. Or yeah. the thing. Same you don't thing. mind them using sports as a narrative structure? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which I think this was an interesting example of. Like the narrative structure of the movie, like... They really had a balancing act going of it being between baseball and being like a love triangle. Yeah. And every, I feel like every aspect of this, it, it's just such a, like, so well scripted. The fact that they pulled it off at all. It's incredible. It's extremely impressive. I One of my favorite scenes is when he confronts Tim Robbins in the bar early on. Yeah. And that's where the whole, like, I heard you can't. I heard water if you people. fell off a boat, you couldn't hit water. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, 
So they they get in this big fight, and he tells Tim Robbins to throw a baseball at him. He's yeah. so confident that Tim Robbins will be thinking about it and not do it right. Yeah, he'll he just stands out. like like ten feet away, and yep. Tim Robbins, of course, misses by throws a mile. it through a glass window. Yep, it was a good scene. It's it's really funny, and it's just them sizing each other up. Yeah, the fact that like so even like of my complaints of the movie. Yeah, the fact that there's so few, and it is just kind of the kind of the the biggest grandstanding kind of things that could have been corny you know yep. like the biggest risks in that direction yeah i thought were just too corny oh you know? sure that's not that big of a complaint no for what a movie you know what i mean because like and those are the things that make the movie iconic yeah and like we've talked about things that we like that are kind of over the top in different directions oh of course you know and it's like you know i'm just not romantic about sports i like sports yes. and i'm just not you know, like romantic about them. Yeah. Uh, I just, if sports were like this, I would care. Yeah. I like sports because of their brutal realism. Sure. And just, I, I like sports because like it makes people sad a lot. Yeah. Not because I don't like those people, but just because I think it's very realistic to be disappointed by media that you can see. Wow, that is bleak. I just think, you know, it's an accurate representation of life. Yes. And that's actually that why I don't like sports yeah. because... It is an accurate representation of life. Yeah. It's mainly because, like I was talking about, we were talking about history a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. about how once you get into the nitty gritty of history, you realize how everything is so interconnected. There's no yeah. beginning and there's no end. Yep. And I don't like that about sports. You can you can do that with an individual person's career. Yes. But people who are like, the Packers have won 13 championships or yeah. whatever, yeah, but most of which happened before we were born. Eleven of those, <laughs> yeah. of those were with people who are not alive now. Yeah. So guess what? That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. yeah. The New York Yankees have won twenty six World Series. Yeah. Cool. Who they cares? Won in nineteen eighteen or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't who matter. Who cares? Yeah. Well, and also, yeah, it it doesn't lend itself to narrative. It's structure. Here, I actually have a, a great way of how why I don't care about sports. Mm -hmm. Because when people talk to you about sports, mm -hmm. it's like when people describe to you their dreams. Yeah. <laughs> it's super personal to them yeah. because in their mind, it yep. was all stuff that was related to them because their mind related it to each other. Yeah. But even if I talked, I love NBA basketball. Yeah. If I talk to a Milwaukee Bucks fan the about the ups and downs different. of being a Milwaukee Bucks fan, I can't feel it the way that they feel. Yes, absolutely. It's literally not possible. It's like who? Cares? It is very much like dream logic yeah. in that way. I, and then so anyone trying to like talk to me about why it's important to them, specifically important or interesting. Yeah. Like me just watching the Super Bowl every year. I don't. Not even every year. Yeah. Every like three years probably. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't like. I have no story for that. Versus narrative movies. Yes. Have presumably mm -hmm. something about them that is relatable to most people's lives yeah, hopefully of course or at least if it is more people's lives than any individual sports team yeah exactly. because the individual sports team it's not about you or any shared experience in real life it's about that you remembered watching this team over the past 15 years yep. you have to which is also why sports fans can be very um not elitist but they're kind of they kind of don't want people to it's almost like stolen valor. They hate bandwagoners. They don't like bandwagoners because I've been watching this team for 15 years. Yep. And now that they won, my the team's victory casts kind of a different light over the 15 years of sports watching that I just did. Yeah. It's almost like if somebody watched the last episode 
of like Star Trek: The Next Generation, and like had and like really got into like the emotional goodbyes of yeah. the characters, yep. and and a real next gen fan being like, you didn't even know who these characters were. You did not live through Picard, the Picard Borg War. Yeah, <laughs> you actually, don't know anything about a better this. one. I a bit, even better comparison I think is people who are really elitist about music. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, the Packers won however many championships? Yeah. Name five of their championships. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or actually, like, name five centers or yeah, linebackers right, or whatever. Right? Yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> it's it's weird because, yeah. So anyway, sports movies. Yeah. Getting back to movies. Yeah. Which is hypothetically what our podcast is about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Um, sports movies, I think, are weird because... They aren't enjoyable for the same reason that sports are enjoyable yeah. in that way that we've just been talking about. Mm-hmm. Sports movies present all of these characters and try to wrap up their whole thing in two hours. Yeah, they don't have that same thing of like you've been watching this never-ending thing for the last ten years and you know it will never end. Yes, right. Mighty so Ducks I, has to. They have to go from being a ragtag team. Yeah. to winning the championship. Yep, in one movie. Exactly. They have to, or else the movie would never get made. Exactly. And I think. So that's why for me, like the sports movies that I like, mm-hmm. um, aren't really, they're not going to be about the love of sports. Okay. For me, because I'm obviously a very cynical person anyway. Yeah. But if I'm going to like it, it's probably going to be either a documentary as we discussed previously or mm-hmm. a comedy. Oh, sure. Just about that. Because yeah, I sure. think the, I just think genuine sports love is a little corny. I think that's why this movie was... Buddy, you're talking to the right person. I know I am, yeah. But also, I disagree on this movie specifically because, once again, I don't think it's about baseball. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, actually... I I think because probably you didn't... You weren't picturing the sports writers. Oh, for sure. I know I was. Yep. Like, whenever... Oh, I know that Bill Simmons is obsessed with this movie or whatever, and he's insufferable, but I can disattach his insufferability from... Your love of Susan Sarandon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's most of it. Yeah. I, actually, that was the one thing where I was like, wow, I still think Susan Sarandon's kind of dreamy. Yeah. If this was somebody else, who knows? Yeah. Could be a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah. She can actually sell that pretty well. Oh, yeah. She she does. That's the thing. She sells that that she is someone who believes in baseball. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine some. I honestly, like, I can't imagine, like, Amy Adams selling how much she loves baseball yeah she's almost too serious susan sarandon kind of has this wry look in her eye that's yeah. like you know that she she somehow sells the believing it and understanding how it's impossible to believe it mm-hmm. it's weird yeah um and one other thing i w- we were talking about you know how a movie has to be summed up in one season or whatever yeah that's actually why i'm gonna flip it to a tv show quick because mm-hmm. i wanted to just make the comparison mm-hmm. how friday night lights Season one mm-hmm. is basically perfect, and then all the other subsequent seasons are great despite the football. Okay, yeah. Season one is about football. Yep. And seasons two through five are about literally everything else but Teenage football. personal drama. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's good. Yeah. And the whole point is that we follow these people after this whole, you know, their lives in season mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's pretty tough to make a movie that's literally about a sport <laughs> yeah and about how great the sport is uh that's a tough sell so you it's, think it's usually gonna be about personal drama have there been any recently that have even made a splash sports movies yeah 
I can't think of anything, but also I'm not the person for them. So. Yeah. I'm not usually the audience for them either. Well, that's the other part of it is that a lot of times, a lot of sports movies are based or are targeted at young people. Oh, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And we're not that. Nope. Um, cool. We don't have to be marketed to I mean, we, we talked about Itanya in the last sports episode we did. That's hardly even a sports movie. That's just about a person. See, that's the thing, though. I just think... Any movie that it's kind of like how we had this with like Christmas remember movies. the Titans is a sports it's movie. Like, it's about a team that has to come together and win. You remember how we had that with uh, Christmas movies? Yeah. How I kind of had to come to the point where I'm like, you know what? I think a movie not counting as a sports movie for me, yeah, includes the fact that I think Christmas movies are bad. Oh sure. And I think for you, for you to say <laughs> that you like a sports movie. It's going to be a movie where you're basically going to say, oh, yeah, this is basically not a sports movie. Yes. Even though it is. You're right. Yep. <laughs> I think a lot of people who like sports movies probably would like a lot of the same movies as you. Yeah, it's true. You kind of called me out on this one. I think it's that you probably like ones that are targeted at adults. Yes. And I think a lot of and them. And Mighty Ducks. Yeah, and Mighty Ducks. And I think a lot of them are targeted at teenagers. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Like, remember the Titans or yeah. some other one yeah. like that. They're clearly, like, Remember the Titans is actually a really good example of, it's a family movie. Yes. It's not an adult movie at all. Yeah, you're right. So, okay, that anyway, makes sense. We could find some more, maybe. Yep, but it doesn't matter, because this is just a, an adult movie. <laughs> in, a, like, an interesting way. Yeah. <laughs> and not, like, the weird sex way. Jordan's in denial about liking sports. <laughs> I don't like sports. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs>